Hi, and welcome to the Ask Sue show. I hope everybody's all okay, and welcome to everybody that's in the chat room tonight. Um, please, if you're in the chat room, please sign into Blog Talk Radio, because then you can come and join us in the chat room. And it's a good old natter behind the scenes, too. So um, it's always good. And also, we always put links of our guests into the show and uh, be able to share awareness for them. And also, so you can get in touch with them after the show as well. Now, we are waiting for our guests to call in, and it's going to be a very special show tonight. Um, I am looking forward to speaking to our absolute wonderful guest, who I must admit, I found out about um, not that long ago, and absolutely brilliant, um, actually likes to talk, and I think I can safely say as much as me, but I'm not sure if he's got this the actual Ask Sue type of rant yet. You know, he's in America, so he hasn't got the UK rant about him. Maybe we can uh, talk about that today. Maybe he has got a couple of things that really do get to him, and he can rant. Um, obviously, he will be calling in in just a couple of minutes. And uh, just to let everybody know, this is his website. I want you to all to um, go and have a look at this. Let me just click the right link. It's all gone a bit crazy. Uh, where are we going here? Try, I've got too many, too many things open on this laptop again, would you believe? Um, if anybody's got anything they want to bring to my attention tonight as well, by all means, give me a shout. Um, and let me have a little look. Just waiting for him to um, call in. Uh, just let me see where else. If anybody's got um, any stories that they want me to share as well, I've got a couple of people that um, have literally been in touch and said, oh, we didn't know about the show, you know, because people aren't me sharing enough. Um, and also, they've been saying to me that, you know, I haven't given out the email address for them to contact. So, show at gmail.com. That's asksueshow at gmail.com, okay? Um, and you can call in... Um, you can call in tonight as well. Um, sorry, I'm getting messages while I'm sat here. <laughs> Hold a minute. Uh, oh, all live. I tell you, what, what fun it is. Yes, yeah, so, and also we've got the um, blog as well for Ask Sue, which is asksueshow.blogspot.co.uk. And that's where I'm putting all my links. I put updates, put what I've been doing. And do you know what? Coming on there very soon, if people haven't seen it yet, is the YouTube videos of Sue. Oh, my goodness. You can see why I do radio at the moment. That's all I can say. I guess I was sitting on the field fence, and it was all great fun, let me just tell you. Um, yes, I got in a bit of a um, bit of fun, shall we say. Uh, so it was all great. Um, but we are going to be doing some more. Uh, probably a couple of uh, recorded rants, maybe, um, and all sorts. So I'm really looking forward to that. It will be good fun, um, and obviously trying to get it out there. And also, please, could everybody, please, I am begging you uh, just to please sign the petition that we've got for the, um, what do you want, typing and talking is no good to me at all. Um Yes, so if we sign the petition as well for me to try and get onto Big Brother, because obviously we need to be able to get it out there, okay? You know, we're trying to get into a big 
thing with the show, but the trouble is the show isn't getting out there enough, so I need to be able to get the awareness even further. So if anybody can help with that, uh, by all means, give us an email, asusshow at gmail.com. You can very quickly sign the petition, and I will be announcing a few people if they've signed tonight. I will be giving them a shout-out as well. Um, so that will be good. Um, hey, Bill, did you see see all the pics of yourself today laugh out loud hum yes there were some pictures going on facebook today hopefully better not have put any of me on or there will be trouble i can tell you it was bad enough with just the videos that was crazy enough you know it's it just hilariously funny that's all i can say especially the bit where i'm literally sitting there and i was talking away and all of a sudden bill just moved the camera and i just looked and that was it. That's all I can say. If looks could have killed, he, he would have killed over, I'm telling you now. But, you know, I was I was being very professional, and he moved the camera, you know what I mean? Just can't get the staff is all I can say to it, I tell you. Absolutely terrible. So we are just waiting for um, tonight's caller in. Um, I've just shared them the number again, bless them. Um, so hopefully they'll be calling in very, very soon. Um, <laughs> bless them. I'm, I'm taking it no to that. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm, I hate this. You know, when I'm not very organised and I'm trying to message people and I'm trying to get things sorted, it's not good, is it? So, also, let me have a look at what else is coming up. Oh, just in case you haven't heard the other good news. I have got an actual extra special guest who's going to be coming on in the next two weeks, but I am sworn to secrecy, and you ain't going to know that one. But I can tell you, on Monday, 12 o'clock UK time, in the day, 12 o'clock, UK time, 12 noon, will be Derek Okora. He is UK top psychic medium, international, and also very, very good. He was on um, Most Haunted, an absolute lovely guy. I must admit, I've never spoken to him before, and so I'm as excited as anything about speaking to him. And hopefully, who knows, I may be able to organise an event in the UK, maybe. So hopefully we'll be able to sort that out very soon. Anybody who's listening from the UK who would like to see Derek Agora, by all means, you can give me an email at asksueshow at gmail.com. And also, if you've got anybody that you would like to maybe see in an, at an event or could suggest, by all means, you know where to email, asksueshow at gmail.com. Please um, share that with us, and uh, we will see what we can do there as well. Um, my last person to sign on the Big Brother petition is Kerry Gall from the United Kingdom. So thank you very much to Kerry for signing. Um, if anybody else wants to um, sign and give me um, a bit of help with that, that would be fantastic. But please share it to your friends as well so we can get it all out there. And it is on the petitionsite.com as well. For anybody who's listening to the show after, it is the petitionsite.com forward slash 421 forward slash 220 forward slash 388 forward slash Big Brother Needs Ask Sue. Ask Sue Needs Your Help. So please um, have a look at that and by all means share. Now, hopefully, I'm hoping this will be my very lovely new friend. Hi, is that Jason? Yes, it is. How are you doing, darling? You okay? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, all the better for hearing you. <laughs> Always good when you've got the person coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a little trouble at first because it, my service doesn't allow me to really call out, so I have to use my cell phone. But here I am, in the flesh, kind of. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Well, I must admit, I did a little bit of filming the other day, Jason, and uh, I'm actually in the UK, and I'm a country girl, and I was literally sitting... I always say in the show, you'll get used to this show eventually, but I do rants, and I do always say to people, I like to sit in the garden fence and, and see both sides of every story. And so I was actually sitting on a field fence, and we did four <laughs> takes of this different thing. You've never seen anything so highly hilarious in your life. <laughs> um, luckily, the fence didn't break or anything. It was not so funny as that, but, you know, saying funny things. And then my partner decided to move the camera as I'm talking, so he got told off, and my face was a picture. <laughs> 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 so, Jason, obviously, I must admit, I've got to, we've got to thank Janet Russell for putting us to, um, in touch with each other. So a big yeah. hello to Janet. She's absolutely lovely. She's been on the show before. But I've been watching um, a couple of your YouTube um, clips of what you've been doing on the telly. So tell us what, what you do, Jason. Well, the Jason Yalka Show is now a year old. Um, it premiered last spring, actually, right around this time. And we're just – the best way I describe it is a variety-type talk show. We have people that come on that have very inspirational, motivational stories. We also have people that are talented musicians. We've had comedians. We pretty much have done just about everything, and each week it gets better and better, and, and different people come on every week and different stories. So it's always fresh, it's always new, and we try to keep it very exciting. Excellent. And, and that's been going for a year, did you say? Yes. Oh, see, my, my birthday's at my year birthday for the ASU show is actually tomorrow. Oh, really? <laughs> Happy so we anniversary. So at the same time. <laughs> So, so how did it start for you then, Jason? Let's go back then. So, where did the young Jason start from? What what inspired you to go into this? Well, I was um, I was a kid that grew up in the '90s, so I grew up with a lot of the '90s daytime shows. Um, you know, especially in the United States, there we had Sally Jesse, we had Montel, we had Ricky Lake. There was just such a wide variety of daytime talk shows, and just watching them over summer vacation when I was very young, staying with my grandmother because. My mom was working full-time, so um, we would just sit, watch the shows, and it was just fascinating how each host had a different type of show that they did. And I just fell in love with the whole television media, and I thought maybe one day I could do this. And, and then finally a year ago, the opportunity came up on the local programming here on Long Island, and a friend of mine told me, you should really go for it. You might be really good at it. And I did. And again, a year later, here we are at the Jason Galka show, and we're coming up to our 50th episode pretty soon that we've taped. And it's just been a whirlwind this past year, but in, in such a great aspect. Excellent. So had you done any work before you actually went on the T? On the T? Where on earth did that come from? On the TV? <laughs> <laughs> I just did basic nine-to-five office work, and, and that's what I did for so many years up until this show started last year. So... I did kind of like a complete 360 with my life, which has been terrific. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it was quite funny. I, I absolutely loved – I've already fallen in love with you totally because I, uh, I, I was just going to say to everybody that I have literally got in touch with Jason literally only a few hours ago. I had a quick natter with him on the show. On the show. I couldn't – my head's gone today. Um, literally quick for, this quick, is why quick I take my phone. show, so I can cut all that out. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's cheating. <laughs> um, but the thing 
thing is, I literally spoke to you, Jason, very quickly, and literally you sent the information, and, and I'd look on YouTube, and that was it and everything. But I've got to say to her, but it was just straight away. And, and, and I just said, is there anything you want to bring up? And he went, no, nah, just talk about it pretty well, everything. I'm this, this, and this, and this. And I thought, I love it. Somebody who's down to earth, you're just like me, just down to earth. What you see is what you get. There's no hairs and graces, and you're proud of what you are. And, and, and I've got to say, you've just... Absolutely, and I've spoken to your partner as well. Well, not spoken, but inboxed your partner as well, and he's absolutely lovely as well. And I said to him, "Oh, oh thank you. So lucky to have found you. Bless him." <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so we actually so, work together on the show now too. I mean, I met him back in May of 2012, <laughs> and we just got engaged this past December. But he's also part of my show too. So what's so wonderful about having a partner that not only supports what you do and is behind you for what you do. He's helping you do it and helping you get to the next level. So we sit in our apartment here every night, and we're constantly coming up with ideas and, and putting things together and sending emails and calling people. So each week we're trying to get the show to the next level and make it bigger and better than last time, and I think we're doing a really good job of it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you. Uh, have you had some funny things happen, Jason? Is there any, any spill the beans? Now, you've just already said that, you know, obviously you can edit the odd hiccups. Do you know what I mean? Not as if we like to own up to them too much. I, I mean, I can't get away <laughs> with it. It's just straight on. So it's just what you see is get, what you get with our mm-hmm. food. But um, what I want to say is, you know, is there any, any funny stories that you've actually had? Um, well, we've been in the middle of a taping one time, and part of the set had – a the way my set is set up, it's like a series of windows, but it's actually um, just window panes that are made of plastic, really. So one of them had actually come loose, and in the middle of conversation, one of them had actually fallen down, <laughs> which we found was hysterical because it totally scared the heck out of everybody on stage, the crew, everybody. So we had to stop what we were doing, adjust that, edit that part out, and try to contain ourselves and go on and, and do the serious conversations. So, I mean, many things happen every week that we just laugh about. And, and what's so great about having a great staff, too, is we're always laughing and carrying on with each other. So we're actually going to be putting together some behind-the-scenes footages of the show because we do have a lot of fun on set when we're off camera, and it's just absolutely amazing. And there's so many amazing people that work on the show with me. But, yeah, I, something different happens every week. <laughs> yeah. So how many uh, how many have you got in your team then? We have a grand total of ten. Oh, a big ten team. Ten people then. work on the show between <laughs> yeah between producers and directors and camera people and stage managers and assistants and coordinators. It's it's a small staff, but it's a very big staff because you know we're only on local here on the island, so. The studio that we have isn't huge. It's a decent size. So to us, it's a big staff, but to somebody like a major network, it doesn't seem that big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just loved it because, I mean, obviously I've only watched a couple of yours, but I must admit, you it's like what gets me is that when I, you were doing the one with the lady who had lost her husband to drink driving, and obviously yeah. that's a, a strong one wherever we are in the world. It's It's a strong one. Do you mm-hmm. find that more people are getting in touch with you afterwards because they say, actually, that happened to me? And, you know, is there some things that you can actually sit there and say, actually, yes, I do know what they're feeling about? Is there stories you've done that's actually happened in your life as well? I personally haven't lost anybody, thankfully, to a drunk driver. But I do know people that have. One friend in particular that I grew up with had lost her brother in a drunk driving accident on New Year's back in the 
2001 it happened. And um, we were very close friends at the time, and it was just devastating to see her go through it and her mom go through it because her mom is also a single mother. And, um, you know, it was her and her brother, and her brother had gotten killed. So I saw what it did to them. And what I try to do on the show is put topics out there that people can relate to and they can walk away with a piece of information and, and help answer some unanswered questions. So even though um, I personally haven't been affected by a drunk driver, thankfully, I know people that have, and, and I understand the pain. And, and for this particular woman that was on this show, Deborah Albright, I really felt for her because, you know, as you saw the show, she was practically in tears talking about it. And this happened maybe three, almost four years ago now. But the pain is so fresh for her. And it just it hurts me inside to see somebody like that who's so genuine and, and such a lovely person inside and out have to go through something like that. And she's left to raise these three young children that she had with her husband. And, you know, he's never going to get to see them grow up and they're never going to get to see him again. So it, it saddens me. Yeah, exactly. And see, I, I can totally relate to that because obviously I've done a show um, about when I lost my daughter, 16, well, it'll be coming up, yeah, 17, coming up to 17 years this year. And, you know, and I did a show about that and the amount of people I got in, t- got in touch after and said so I can relate to that, you know, some people had lost um, to various different ways. I mean, some had had accidents, some had, you know, had had miscarriages and it's all of them are totally different. And, and this is the thing, it's about helping people, but the thing is, you were, you were so down to earth, and I, and I actually, and, and I love to look at how people, I like to weigh people up, okay, and I actually looked at your face while you were interviewing, and I could see, and straight away I just looked at you and I just thought, that's a guy with heart, because some of these in, people that interview literally are like stone, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're there to do a job. It's it's my job. That's my nine to five. That's it. Do you know what I mean? And you weren't. I could see by your face that you were. It was like you wanted to. It's it, and you're. It, I was watching how you're doing it, and you're like me. It's like you want to ask questions, but you've got to be careful on how you do it, and and, yeah. and on which angle you do it as well. And it's almost like you're tiptoeing around the person. You want to get the story out because obviously it's going to help people, but then you've got to be careful right. on how you do it. That's exactly it. I mean, I sit there and as I mean, I get these stories. I read them the night before. You know, like tomorrow we're doing a show. We have two shows actually tomorrow that we're recording. But you know, tonight I'm going to spend my time reading their stories and what they're about. But it's exactly what you said. You want to be sensitive on on these sensitive subjects and you want to get the point across. But you also want to remember you're dealing with people's emotions here, so you don't want to be too forward about it. You don't want to just put it out there for the sake of a rating. So I totally understand what you're saying in that part and. It does kind of hurt me sometimes to make these people relive these um, moments in their lives. We just did a show with a woman who lost her daughter um, in 2000. In I think it was 2011. She died from epilepsy, and and she also had a brother that was murdered, and another brother took his life. So that whole show was based on coping with loss, but. It was difficult to sit there and have this conversation with her because even though the point was to help other people cope with their loss, it's still a very sensitive subject. And to have to make these people relive it, it, it's hard for me sometimes. But I know that it also benefits people that might be going through it. And these people that come on the show, they have the same goal in mind. They want to help people, too, that have been through what they've been through. So everybody walks away with something. Yeah. But the thing is, Jason, it's not just that. They, they've also... Because I know, I know when I lost my daughter, um, going back, and I actually went on a local radio show in the UK. 
so everybody's different on how they um, react to um, passings and stuff. And, and I found yeah. that when I went on there, I, I, okay, I was upset, I was crying and everything else, but it was like a release valve to me. It was like, and, and then I set in where I wanted to set this event up. I actually did a barn dance. You know, we are in the country here, and I set up a barn dance. We raised over a £1,000 for the actual thing. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I, I want to do something. I couldn't sit there and just mopes about and think, oh, I'm this terrible mum that's lost her daughter. I couldn't be like that. I, I was yeah. more thinking, right, what about the rest of the babies that are there that are still go, are struggling? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think that your show must have helped that lady to, a bit, one, to be able to release maybe a little bit, and two, like you said, to be able to help them, you know, to make them think, well, actually, I may have helped to save another person. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's, it, that's our goal with the show. And, and like I said, we like to just put topics out there that people can relate to. Everybody has experienced a loss in their life, whether it's a, a parent, grandparent, or even a pet. Grief, like you said, affects people so differently. So the fact that this woman has been through so much and, and had people taken from her, um, you know, either by themselves, they, they committed suicide, or, or one of her brothers were murdered, I mean, to put it out there to help other people cope with somebody that doesn't have such a drastic story, it kind of brings a little ease and comfort to people, I think. Yes, definitely. Now, you just take talk, mentioned the word pet, and... As everybody knows, the Asu is an animal lover through and through, mm-hmm. and Both an, of advocate, us are. <laughs> a, an advocate and a ranter, let's just say. And we'll talk about <laughs> ranting in a minute. Um, but uh, I did hear on the grapevine that you're a bit of a dog lover yourself. I am. I am. I, I have a total of three. Um, one is actually here with me now, and, and I had two from a prior relationship that I was in that had ended um, two years ago now, actually. But we adopted two pets together, and and he and I are animal lovers as well, so we kind of coexist with them, and, and we found a way to get along. Even though we're exes, we can still get along, and, and you know, we have the visitations with the animals, kind of like children. You know, I mean, we our animals are like our children, so yes, it's nice in that aspect. Yeah, well, that's quite funny because we actually on the show we actually call them our fur babies. <laughs> and they are. Do you know what I mean they've they've got personalities? They have, you know, they and they understand us. And you know, now how did you come about your dog? Um, well, actually, one of the well, the one that we have now is actually my partner's dog, John, which we now share together. And my other two were both rescued. Um, both of them were neglected. Both of them had come from abusive homes. So one was actually given to us by one of the homes that where he was being neglected, um, we actually found him on the side of the road just wandering. And in that neighborhood, we went to all the houses on the block, and everybody knew who he belonged to. So when we actually went to that house and where he belonged to, they actually said, we can't take care of him. Do you want him? And he was just a little Karen Terrier. And at the time, he was only turning a year old. So he was still a baby and a puppy. So, of course, we took him, and, and we gave him a good home. And then we went to an animal shelter, and... Our um, beagle, she's mixed with the coonhound, so she's like an oversized beagle, so to speak. And yeah. we adopted her because the next day she was going to be destroyed. So, you know, we ended up t- saving two lives, which was excellent, you know, being an animal lover. I mean, I wish I could take them all home, but unfortunately we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. This is the trouble. It, it makes it so difficult, and it's, 
I mean, I, I must admit, I'm almost to the point, I, I love all dogs and everything, and I am terrible for it. And I've got somebody on the line at the moment who's, uh, who co-hosts with me who wants to speak to you in a minute as well. But I, I just find it horrific. I, I can't, I, I want to go to the rescues, and I will go, but it's just seeing them all. I want to rescue all of them, and it's such, oh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. It is, especially with the cruelty out there. I mean, nothing breaks my heart more than to hear about an animal cruelty case, that somebody beat a dog to death or, or somebody, you know, just performed an act of cruelty because they are so helpless and they rely on us to help take care of them. So it's exactly. extremely heartbreaking. Exactly. Well, Jason, um, I've got to bring my Tuesday co-host in. He wanted to give you a call in because uh, he knows of the Long Island area. Hi, Howard. How are you doing? Hello, Miss Sue, and how are you doing, How are you? I'm, I'm great. doing well. I was just hearing your conversation about the dogs, and that's that's my passion. Um, and I have the honor of co-hosting with Sue every Tuesday, but I especially called in to tell you that I that I um, that I grew up in Bayside, Queens, and lived in Long Island. Oh, okay. I yeah, Bayside, to, uh, Queens is about an hour from here. Uh-huh. We're about an hour from Bayside, Queens. Okay, I went to um, I went to CW Post College for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, Very cool. So, uh, yeah, it's a great area, and then um, yeah, I moved out here about 30 years ago, and I became I became an animal animal advocate about two years ago due to oh, Sue's going to kill me due to a dude uh, with a dog in New Jersey called Patrick Patrick the Miracle Dog. He was uh, a very nice <laughs> patient. But long story short, he inspired me. He's doing well. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, the animals are just amazing. They they are truly family, Jason. They are. They are, especially ours. I mean, ours, she has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, she's one of the family members. <laughs> Absolutely. But I have to tell you, Sue, from uh, from my heart, Jason, I want to tell you, because us, you know, New Yorkers have a bond. Sue is actually, I think, a New Yorker in another lifetime. She is uh, <laughs> the... Um, what, with this accent? <laughs> But uh, but I think but I think you'll appreciate what I'm going to say, Jason. She's a true friend. She really tells it the way it is. She's fair. She's objective, and she gets you know she gets the word out there. So my goal is to get her hopefully to the states so we can get her on a show, maybe yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, come on over. <laughs> uh, Sue, um, Sue is um, Sue is just a warm-hearted, kind person. She does what she has to do. You know, she gets the job done and. Uh, she certainly hasn't inspired us, so you know, welcome to the Sue family because I know you'll be coming back on again. Oh, absolutely, oh. I'd love to. It, well, yeah, he's, w- he's won me over the fact that he's a, a got a fur baby and he's a dog lover. Well, he's welcome on the Sue show anytime, isn't he? <laughs> I, I have a little. I have a 16-year-old. I rescued her when she was three, and she's my whole life. My wife and I don't have human kids, so you know, um, yeah. she's. Uh, you know, she's gotten me through a lot of crises where, you know, sometimes the humans, friends, or family just can't do it. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, I mean, like I said, they're just like family. You know, they're our children for those. I mean, we don't have children either, so our dogs are our kids. Yeah, and, but, you know, the thing is, Sue has gone into depth about, you know, people abusing the animals. And, you know, Sue and I have said many times, I guess, I'll just never understand it. And I don't think any of us ever will, but... No, there's absolutely no need for it whatsoever. I mean, I feel like if you can't take care of the animal, give it to somebody who can or or give it to a shelter and let it be adopted out. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we talk about Facebook, how people cross-post and 
you know, even if you go to the shelter, take a picture, put it on Facebook, you know, everyone's doing their share. But, you know, the thing with Sue is she does so many causes, and, um, you know, she's brought so many people together, and that's, that's why I admire her so much. Absolutely. She seems like a lovely person. I've only been talking to her a little while. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would say she's a character. That's a good way to put it. But and as I said, I, I think living, you know, where she is, and you know, she's got that New York mentality, as I said to you, which a lot of people don't have. Which you can understand what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you have to to host the talk show. Are you born and raised in New York? Are you born and raised in New York? Yes, I was. And Easter oh, Long right. Island. Okay, yeah, I used to um, yeah, I used to hang out at my father's place in Roswell. Went to see Billy Joel before he hit it real big, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's yeah, still so. on the island here. He's out in the Hamptons living. Okay, and um, I believe your big shelter out there is the North Shore Animal Hospital, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Sue, actually, that was the one that Sophie just got put on the board there. It's called the North Shore Animal Hospital. And, um, oh, well, well, John, uh, uh, John, where did John come from? I know I said John because of John the dog with Sophie. Jason, yes. I, I would request that you would have a very good friend of hers. Now, do you know, what, Howard, this is typical of what I'm like, isn't it? Get everybody else in the show first. But, Jason, there is an absolute angel of a lass, and everybody will tell you on the Ask Sue show later on the, on the group, there is a lovely young lady called Sophie. She's 14-year-old. She's got a Facebook um, page with about 6,000 people on, and it's called New York City Teens. And oh, she yeah. is literally an animal advocate. She's absolutely amazing, isn't she? She's just... Oh, oh she's, she's absolutely lovely. I'll, I'll send you a link to her page and everything. She okay. is an absolute star. But you better and mention I, the Ask Sue show on your show, or else I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and also, Jason, Sue, I will brag for her. Kids are also animal advocates. Her son started a group on a thing on Facebook. It went well over 1,000. That was when John was involved, and her other kids are, you know. So, you know, like we say, it, it, it all starts at home when the kids are young. We've had many discussions about it. It's got to be passed on to the next generation. Yeah, well, that's exactly it, too. I mean, I feel like if you're raised to love animals at home, then there should be no reason why you should abuse animals later on in life. I mean, I, it, it all starts at home. And even there's so much bullying in the world as well, and I feel like that starts Absolutely. at home, too. You know, start teaching your children when they're young to respect all walks of life. You know, everybody's different, and, and there's always going to be a, a diversity in the world, and, and everybody has to kind of, like, learn to coexist with each other. So I agree. Correct. Yeah, I agree. You know, it starts at home. It's not only with the animals. I was brought mm -hmm. up, I'm in my late 50s, so my parents were very strict. And, and, you know, I'm glad they did. I turned out, you know, fairly good. And, uh, you know, it just comes down to respect and family and, you know, all those kinds of values, which, you know, which Sue is a great mom. She works a lot and manages to, uh, you know, take care of the kids and everything. So it's, you know, it's just, um, I think it's just rounding your life out, which is very important. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I don't want to... I don't want to take up too much time, but I'm sure you will hope you will call in on a Tuesday when we can talk more about the doggies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Howard, thanks ever so much for calling in. Okay, and Jason, good luck, and always always nice to talk to a Long Islander. Thank you. Keep in touch. <laughs> okay, we'll, I'll, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Sue. I'm take you, care. Howard. Thanks, love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
So, um, Jason, let's, we were just talking, obviously, about families. Tell me about uh, what sort of family life you had when you were younger. Uh, when I was younger, I uh, was raised only by my mother. Uh, my parents were already divorced by the time I was born, so I basically just grew up with my mother. My grandparents were close by. I had my aunts, my uncles. So I come from a big family, but, again, I was just raised by my mother who worked two jobs, to support her and I, and even though we didn't have much, we we had a lot going on for ourselves. So I grew up in a very small town on eastern Long Island, small but big. Everybody knew each other and and knew everybody's business. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. So it was small but big. (laughs) Yes. Now, um, I I love doing little surprises, okay, on the Ask Sue show, and... um, your your partner's quite nice, isn't he, to be fair? I spoke to him um, via inbox on Facebook earlier. Yes. So how are you doing then, John? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I Dave. Didn't that one, did you, Dave? Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> no, obviously, I, I, I love doing little surprises. That's all part of the Ask Sue show. So, John, tell us about this amazing Jason. Tell us a bit about the – what. come on, do a little bit of praise. <laughs> Remember, you're on the air. <laughs> tell the well, truth. <laughs> I've been back in, uh, back in May of 2012, and uh, we talked a little bit. We lost contact for a little bit. Uh, then we got reacquainted back at the end of August, and right from there, it's been like, you, you know, when you know the person's right for you, you just happen to know, and he's like my soulmate. You know, oh, nice bless. I found my other half. <laughs> oh, bless you. So, now, um, I hear on the grapevine that you two are getting married. Yes, in June. <laughs> oh, bless. And and how organized are, are we? Are we quite organized? Oh, we have a few ideas. I think we're organized. (laughs) What? We're organized in our head about it, but I don't think there's a lot down on paper. (laughs) Not yet, no. But we're working on it. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, only for that day you can send the rain to the UK, okay? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what, um, obviously, um, Jason was just telling me, John, that obviously you helped with the show. Uh, How... Obviously, it's gone really well. I've been watching it on YouTube and everything today. Um, did you think it would go as well as it has? Actually, it's gotten a lot. It, it, it was good from day one. I We used to watch it all the time um, when he started. And when he was actually going to actually do a show at the bar that I was working for, I started watching even more just to see a little part of him. And, you know, the show has got, with, with age, I think it's better. With age, the show's getting better every show. Excellent. You have a great job. (laughs) 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 What sort of topics are you um, coming up with at the moment? Have you got any good ones coming up shortly? We have um, got about 10 shows that are in the works right now. Um, Like I said, tomorrow we're actually taping two shows. One is a married couple that um, we we describe it as being held together more by than a wedding band. Um, He actually suffers from a reflux that causes renal failure, so... She actually gave him his second kidney, and so they're going to share their story about that. And and what's unique about their story is they, like John and I, they knew each other a very short time, and they just knew when it was right, and she didn't have to think twice about giving him one of her kidneys. So 
that's one of our tapings. Another one is we're doing a show on domestic violence. We have women coming on as our second taping who survived domestic violence and, and men that have abused them in the past and how they got out of it and how other women can get out of it as well. So, again, another yeah. very beneficial show. Yeah. Excellent. Now, I've got to ask you, because obviously during our inbox conversation earlier, um, Jason, and this is to you really as well, John, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, two sides of every story, shall we say, uh, as far as gay couples getting married. How how do you find people, when you say that you're getting married and, and, and all that, do, do you have mixed, how can I put this, mixed reactions to it? From some people, some people are closed-minded to it. Um, some people think that just a man and a woman should be able to get married. But then we do have, there's more people that are for us than against us. Yeah, I agree and with that. Good. And when I no. proposed to him in Rockefeller Center, there was a lot of people there that night, because close to before Christmas, and everybody that was there cheered and clapped and hurried for us. So there was really no negativity that night whatsoever. So more more people for it than against it. Excellent, excellent. And very quickly, did either of you have trouble coming out with this when you were younger? You know how? Gosh, I feel like we're going on to a whole different show here. We may have to do this again. <laughs> We've done the show on Jason actually. We did coming out. Um, yeah. For me, it was kind of difficult because you know I grew up um, with just my mother once again, and and I'm the only child. So for her, it kind of um, she felt like it kind of ruined the chances for her to have grandchildren, but now there's gay adoption and there's gay parents, and, and gay parents are adopting all the time and, and are wonderful parents. And we actually know a couple of um, gay families ourselves now, and they're doing a great job raising their son or their daughter. So, um, you know, that kind of that theory in her mind kind of goes out the whole window. But I was just, I feared acceptance. You know, I, I was always kind of shy, and, and you know, I kind of, hit, so to speak. So it was a little difficult for me, but when I actually did, I had full support. Yeah. Did did you actually feel like you'd found yourself then, Jason? Is it easier to say? I did, and I think once I had admitted it to myself and came to terms with it and started, you know, exploring the gay world and, and dating men and, and, you know, developing those types of relationships, I felt more comfortable about myself. And, and even though I've always been somebody who been self-conscious about myself and you know still still to this day at 29 I, I still look at myself and and don't see anything <laughs> but um we're we are our own worst critic as i say but um it just got easier over time and, and now at 29 it's just so natural and i don't even think twice about going on the show and, and doing gay topics and sharing my own personal gay stories it, it doesn't bother me in the least yeah exactly and what about you john I honestly, I never had an issue um, when I was little. I was about maybe in fifth grade and I knew that I liked guys for the first time. But I never had an issue with anybody bullying me. I never had an issue. I was the fortunate one. Um, I never had an issue with my parents. My parents are very caring, very loving and understanding. And they, they pretty much told me they loved me no matter what. Yeah. I was I was the lucky one. Not many people are as lucky as I was. It's sad. Exactly. <laughs> See, see, the thing is, and, and I was talking to somebody about this today, and I, I, said to, I always say to people, right, it, nobody's bothered about what a man and a woman does behind closed doors, so what is the issue with two guys or two women doing the same thing, right? Exactly. Now, the other side exactly. of that is, well, there's too much hurt 
too much hatred in this world with fighting over religions and goodness knows what. Isn't it more about sharing the love between each other? Does it matter if you're two women, two blokes, two, a man or a woman? As long as you love each other and you're happy and you're settled and, and you're being looked after, isn't that what is important in this world? And that's what this world is actually lacking? Exactly. I, you know, I agree. Love is love. Exactly. I it mean, comes in all it, different it, sizes, it, shapes, <laughs> ages. and <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I just think nowadays too many people have got their noses in too many other people's business rather than looking after themselves and their own. Exactly. I agree with that. Do you know what I mean? And like we've said on this show and I've said about religion, I'm I'm into my spiritual stuff. I'm I'm not a believer in God and and, and such, but I, I do my spiritual readings and such like things like that. And I always say to people, it doesn't matter what people believe in. I, I, don't, I don't mind if people believe in God. I don't got a problem if they believe in Jehovah Witnesses. I don't believe, you know, don't care if they believe in whatever they want to believe. What's mm-hmm. important is that everybody has something or somebody or whatever to believe in. It's those that don't believe in themselves or believe in anything that I worry about. And it's so irrelevant. I mean, sexuality, religion, it's so irrelevant to... to coincide with each other. I mean, how many conversations do you have with people that sexuality comes up or religion even comes up? I mean, when like, we talk with our friends or even talk with strangers, things like that never come up. So it's exactly what you said. It doesn't matter what you believe because it's so irrelevant to everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, I, you know, I, I just love to see people that are happy. And, and I obviously, I spoke to you briefly via inbox, John, and it was just lovely because I just sent you a message saying, oh, it's so nice because you could just feel between the pair of you. It's just lovely. Do you know what I mean? And, and I just love that. I just think it doesn't matter who's who or what's what. At the end of the day, as long as you two are happy and everything, that's all that matters. Do you know what I mean? And exactly. I, I wish you all the very best. And if I can get a, a, plane, a plane ride over there, I'll be over to chuck some confetti over the pair of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try and book the weather, okay? I'll try and keep the, the rain here, okay? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> We've had We're so used to it in the UK, it'd be no problem. <laughs> so, so. Very quickly then, for somebody who I must admit only recently has started to have gay friends, and it's lovely because all of you have just been fantastic, all of my friends. <laughs> um, I've got to say, and that doesn't—that wasn't me putting gay people separate from everybody else, but just before anybody shoots me down. Um, but very quickly, how do you work on? And now this is just me being a little bit dim, maybe. On the gay marriages, how does it work? Is one of you, are you both on an equal, or is does one come down the aisle after another, or how does it work? Well, I, we want to come down the aisle together. Yeah, that's what we were discussing, actually. Yeah. So, sorry, if that sounded like a real blonde moment question, but, you know, everybody's... <laughs> I, I haven't been to a gay wedding. I don't know what it's like. I don't know if there's a certain way that you guys were through it. it you know what I mean? Gosh, Definitely going to so be wrong. different as opposed to a traditional wedding, no doubt about that. But, you know, there are so many different ways you can do it. And, and people have, you know, one has stood at the end of the aisle and one walked down the aisle. But for us, we kind of want to do it together because it is a celebration about both of us. You know, it's not just about one exactly. of us, it's about both exactly. of us. Exactly. Exactly. Coming so, together uh, as one. Yeah. Sorry, John? <laughs> 
coming together as one. So when they go down the aisles, two and become one at the end. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so are we having a big wedding then, or just a little family get together, or? We are planning on at least very close friends and family members at a catering hall where we could do our vows and then walk a couple of steps, and there's the buffet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't fault you. As long as there's a bar there as well and loads of people to celebrate with you, that's what's important. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, John, thank you very much for calling in tonight. Oh, and I, I'm gonna, just going to rant to your lovely partner for a little bit longer, okay? <laughs> okay. I'll see you later, babe. Okay. <laughs> love you. Okay. I love you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. I thought I'd just uh, put that little um, gift in there for you, Jason. That was a nice little <laughs> surprise, absolutely. Because I'm here home by myself, and he's at work for a couple more hours. So <laughs> well, like, so that I was a nice little said, surprise. I did say to him, I said, "Don't tell him, will you?" I said, "But I said, is he gonna? Is he actually with you?" And he went, "No, I'm actually out at the moment." I said, "Oh, that's brilliant then." <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? What other dreams have you got then, um, Jason? I mean, let's face it, you've got a, your TV show, you've got um, a lovely partner and a husband, or you know, as it's coming mm-hmm. uh, in very soon. So, what other dreams have you got? Um, I've always just dreamt of just doing a talk show. I'm like. Like you, I have the gift of gab. I, I love to just talk and interact with people. But in doing this show the past year, other doors have opened as well. So I'm kind of thinking about I, I got an offer to do a show over um, this upcoming summer at um, one of the local theaters here to play a role. And even though I've never done much acting, I'm willing to at least give it a try. And I don't look at myself as an actor or a singer or, or any type of music artist because I have absolutely no talent when it comes to those things. But yeah. um, I, I'm the type of person I'll try anything once. And yes. But my overall goal is to just keep working on this talk show and, and getting it to the next level and, and getting more viewers and enticing more people. Exactly. Do, do you know what? The Ask Sue has actually done a rap it's that <laughs> I actually did a song, a rap. Oh, you did? <laughs> so, yeah, I will send you the link, right, after Please the show. Do. You, can ha- you, you, can have, you can have a very good giggle. Can I just suggest you go to the toilet before you listen to it, okay? <laughs> it's one of them. And that obviously goes to it before you watch my videos as well, because that's just as hilariously funny, honestly. The thing is... It's like I'm a big girl. I'm not. I'm not a, a page three model by any means. And I always say to people, the trouble is people judge you before you even open your mouth. Sometimes. Yeah. And and I think this is the problem nowadays. You know, people have judged. You know, they, they judge you, but half the time they don't even know what you've been through in your life. Do, do you find that with people? I do actually, but um, it, it used to bother me, and I used to take it to heart, but. You know, being 29 now and, and doing this show, I actually learned a lot from my guests that come on with their stories of struggle. For instance, just going back to the whole being gay and coming out, one of our first shows when we premiered was a show about coming out, and we met three young gay men that each struggled with their sexuality. They were bullied. They were picked on. They worried about what people thought of them. And then they kind of grew out of it and, and didn't care anymore. So. I started to not care anymore after a while what other people thought. And and at first I was kind of hesitant to come out on my show as a homosexual, not knowing if I would gain audience or lose audience. But then I figured this is an opportunity 
to put myself out there as I am. And people are either going to love me or they're going to hate me. And, yeah. you know, thank gosh, they they do love the show. And, and we do get positive feedback from people. And I go out there and I just be myself. So, And that's because I did learn a lot from people that had been on my show with, you know, survival stories and stories of struggle and how they overcame hardships. So I do learn a lot from my guests as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if they save anybody, you know, they answer anybody's unanswered questions. Sometimes they answer mine. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and this is the thing. I mean, let's face it. I mean, with the Asu show, I, I've had, you know, the people that have run me down because I've said this or I haven't said that. And I just think, hey, hold on a minute. I, I'm working my backside off here to get out there. And, you know, mm-hmm. you've obviously worked damn hard as well to get where you are. Did, did, did you find or did you think sometimes this, this isn't for me? I'm not sure if I'm on the right path. Did you question? I did several times, and it was mainly when I first started because getting anything launched off the ground is the hardest part. And putting a show together... The whole process was fun. It was fun to go in there for a training and and have the production staff of the local programming kind of teach you and guide you on how to be a host and and how you want to ask your questions and things like that. So that part of it was fun, but then actually doing it and trying to come up with a routine for yourself and and try to train yourself, it got very frustrating. And there were times where I did think, this isn't for me, you know, as much as I would love to do this, it just might not be for me. And then I stuck with it, and I made sure I stuck with it. And then I found every time I did it, it got easier and it got better for me. So, you know, piece of advice to anybody out there that wants to give up when they're trying something new, don't. You know, at least not at first. Give it a good amount of time because that's what I did, and now I absolutely love it. I look forward to going to the studio every week and doing these shows and meeting all these people. But, yeah, I, I kind of crossed those bridges and, the key is to just wash yourself through them and, and come out shining at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I must admit, I've been in the same. It's like, you know, I, I must admit to like today, we literally, um, I was, uh, yesterday, I was, oh, actually it wasn't, it was three o'clock this morning. I was sharing um, dogs in, in America, even though I'm in the UK. And mm-hmm. there was one um, that I'm going to put into the chat. Uh, in a minute, um, and it's literally a dog that had got pink ears. They'd actually put pink ears on it, you know, a little, put it round its neck, do you know what I mean, with these pink uh-huh. ears, an absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous dog, and they were sharing it, and we were cross-posting it and all sorts. And then this morning, I got up and I had a look, and they've actually, she's actually been killed. They couldn't find oh. a home for her. And, so and, and I And I sat here today, and I, I must admit, I thought, what am I doing? What exactly are, you know, there's times when you don't question yourself. You question what are you going to do next? Where do you want to go with this next? How much further can you take it? Do you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I must admit, everybody knows that I am battling with the Asu show, trying to get it out there, and I keep saying, right, and we've got this, people like you, we've got um, Derek Coron and stuff. And it, it is hard work. Bill, it's nice to speak to somebody who understands when I say it's hard work putting the show it together with me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a case of, you know, I, I, well, actually, I landed on my feet today finding you. I will admit that. But it's not very often that it will literally be as quick as, right, give them a phone call, give them things. Yeah, thanks very much. Here's the show. You know, it exactly. takes a lot of prepping. It needs to promote it. You need to get in touch with them. You need to, it, you know, qu- work out what they're about, what they've done, and, and all these different mm-hmm. things. 
Absolutely. And plus, you've I mean, got to also be careful because, let's face it, I'm not being funny, but you're quite open about how, how you are, about the fact you're gay and everything, but some people I could say that to and they would be offended. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's people, true. You know, it, it does take a lot of work. It's not as simply as, yep, yeah, we'll put them in front of the telly and off you go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I did, wish it was that easy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> did, did you actually find stumbling blocks with it, with the fact that, you know, as you, you know, as you started in front of the TV, you actually thought it was easier than it was and then thought, oh, my goodness, actually it's not. Thinking about it in my head and, and, you know, looking at it on paper, so to speak, it looked like the easiest thing in the world. But then when you're out there and, and you're doing this, and, again, it's just finding a routine that fits for you. So now, for me, um, I like to read the stories of the guests a few days at least before the show is being taped because it gives me a chance to kind of memorize what they're about and, and make my own notes, things I want to focus on, specific things I want to ask them. Um, you know, writing a script and everything, how we're going to do, because my show's a half hour, how we're going to do this half hour, what we're going to take in, take out. You know, it is very difficult, and it takes weeks sometimes to prepare for each show, and then 30 minutes later, when you're taping, the show's over, you know, and you're on to the next file folder and doing the same thing. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there any um, topics that are really close to your heart that have literally... You know, is there a story that really did get to you that you think, I mean, there's some that I know with my show that I will take to the grave with me. Is mm -hmm. there some that's actually really got to you that you've took home and you thought, you know, that really did, and it, you took it home with you is probably the easiest way to say. Several, actually. Um, one, I would have to say the coming out show that we did last year with, um, like I said, the three young gay men that were on the show and how each of them struggled and were bullied and picked on. Um, they were very young, and I, I did feel for them in a lot of ways because I can also relate. You know, I was I was there too, and I was picked on in high school, sort of for being gay. Or pe I wasn't out when I was in high school. But people knew. People kind of know when you are, yeah. and um, you know, and and they did know that I was where I didn't even admit to it. So I could understand and feel for them. The other show I'd have to say is the drunk driving show because it happens so much, and this woman was still grieving for her husband, even sitting on that chair next to me on that stage. You know, it happened almost four years ago, but she was still crying and still grieving, just telling me the gist of the story. You know, I'm sure there was a lot more that she had to say, but being we only had the half hour, we kind of summed it up. And those are stories that are very close to me because it happened so much, and there's so many innocent families like that that are affected. So I would have to say those two. But a lot of our shows, you know, again, we go with entertainment as well. We have music artists. We have comedians that have been on the show. So we try to keep it upbeat as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that sometimes can be hard, can it? Because, you know, even with us, we do the dog shows and then we'll do um, psychic shows and, and everything. It's trying to keep that happy part between it all, isn't it? Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, it is. So, have you, so whereabouts in the world have you ever traveled? Have you done any traveling in your life? Well, I've never been to England, but it is on my list. I, I absolutely love France and, and traveling overseas. I'd love to see London one day. But um, actually, John and I just came back from a cruise down to the Bahamas um, just past February, actually, just about a month ago. And we had a great time. But, you know, we usually travel within the States 
here in America, and um, that's, that's really it. I've never really left the country, but other than the Bahamas, of course, but definitely to get over to the U.K. is on my list. Well, well, I'll tell you what, we, we could always do swap here because I actually, I've only been to New Zealand. I went for a year and I lived there for 12 months. I haven't been anywhere else. And I sounded like my dad the one day because I went and said, the trouble is people are too busy going abroad and we haven't even looked in or checked out our own home ground yet. <laughs> I, I, I haven't even been to Scotland. I haven't been to Ireland. And I think of all these places have been, wow. not been Those in the UK. Beautiful places, too. I know people that have been there. Yes. But then, but then people are also telling me about um, about in the United States you've got you've got all these different places and I mean I've looked on on obviously on the old um, internet and looked at like New York and I'm thinking oh my goodness that would be like a dingle in Australia do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I would be lost I'm a country lass do you know what I mean New York you is to... very very um, how do I want to put it it's it's it could be overwhelming yes I, I think I would just sit there and think oh my goodness. I would definitely need a tour guide 24-7. <laughs> Even I get lost, and we go to the city frequently. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Oh, my gosh. I just I love the look of it. But, see, then we've also, and let me ask you about this, actually. This might be mm -hmm. something for you to bring to your attention as well. We've been discussing on the show about um, dogs being shot by police and um, also about innocent people that being killed by the police. Mm -hmm. How do you... Oh, how can I put it? How do you see your police? Because obviously, people, it's good to have a different opinion. You know, somebody like you start off the cuff and just like, what, what have you seen? What have you heard about your police in the in the U.S.? There's very, very little cases here in New York that you hear about police shooting animals. It happens more, I would say, in the Midwest or, or the Southwest of the states more. In fact, just on Facebook, there's um, a couple that we know that used to live here in New York, and it happened to them. They, they live in the Carolinas now, and there was a call. The dogs were barking and, and, I guess, starting to run towards the police, and the police just shot them. And meanwhile, you know, they weren't running towards them to do harm. They were just overly playful, and the police had shot them. One was injured, ran away, and later died. One was one had died instantly, and, and it was very sad because we knew those people, and that's why it saddened us that much more. But there's very little cases that you hear about that in the state of New York, and we do have very good animal cruelty laws here in New York State. Not saying that animal cruelty here doesn't happen because it does, but when they're caught, they do pay for what they do. You know, so I have oh, to commend New York State for that. We do have very we have the ASPCA which is always out there. They're right in New York City, actually, which is an hour from here or so. And, yeah. um, you know, even though cruelty is still here, if they get caught, they do pay huge penalties for it and sometimes even serve jail time, which I feel is totally deserved. You know, to me, killing an animal is worse than killing a person. You know, yeah. and, and not that I favor animals more than people, but just because animals are more defenseless. You know, a person has the ability to defend themselves, at least animals don't. So I do feel more for the animals in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we've done loads of shows about that, and I was just interested on, on what your thought is. Because, you know, I get phone calls all the time about it in the U.S., and the trouble is, is like I'm in the U.K., and they're saying to me, Sue, what can you do about this? And I'm like, I see I'm in the U.K., I haven't got a clue about that. And they, I mean, they start talking states. I'm not being funny. My geography isn't the best anyway, and they're talking to me about Illinois and everything, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Illinois, my mate such and such lives there. And then I looked on the 
on the map. <laughs> I thought you yeah. you'd have giggled your head off, and I just went and looked and went, oh, my goodness, it's massive. No wonder she didn't know her. <laughs> it's extremely unfortunate because there are some states here in the United States that don't have strict animal cruelty laws. Some don't have any animal cruelty laws, and it's sad because that's where most of the abuse takes place because you can get away with it. But like I said, here in New York, cruelty does happen. There are cases that you see on the news from time to time, but when people are caught, they do pay the price for it, and, and that's something I do have to commend New York State for. Oh, that's good, because we do, we do have, like, um, the captain of the NJSPCA come on the show, and, and he was saying, you know, that his concern is to make sure the animals are okay. If they actually manage to get them, the um, abusers caught and done for it, then that's a bonus. Right. Because a lot of the times they are not given, and we've seen some of the times, even in the UK, that they abuse animals and then they don't get anything for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then that's the one thing. The case even more. Yeah, you know. And then the one thing that absolutely amazes people, because I'm, I'm in the UK, I'm literally in the middle of the UK in Shropshire, and what amazes them is when I say to them, "But hold on, the police in the US have got no excuses for shooting the dogs," and they said, "Yeah, but that's what they do." And I went. But the UK people, the police, haven't got guns at all. Right. They haven't it's even sad. got it that really as an is. option. It's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. It's just Especially absolute... animal lovers. Definitely, definitely. So, um, so obviously you've done done the shows, and you've obviously got the um, the part the part that's coming up. So, what part are you actually doing? You said you got that. The part that you were doing, the acting. Oh, for the um, for the play. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> slip of the mind. Um, I <laughs> did actually. Actually, somebody that I used to work with a long time ago had, um, you know, she watches the show. She knows I do the show now. So she had actually messaged me and said that she's putting together this production in one of the local theaters and asked if I'd like to be a part of it. And I said, you know, I'll definitely check my schedule and. Luckily, it's in the summertime, so I'm actually able to work around my talk show schedule to be able to do this show for two to three months that it's going to be playing. So I'm excited about it. I'm not sure what my part is going to be yet because they're going to be hosting auditions in a couple of weeks, but um, she definitely suggested I try out for it. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, excellent. Absolutely excellent. And, is, you know, obviously with the, the, the show, it's going to bring other things for you. It, mm-hmm. Have you met new people that actually you've always thought, oh, I would love to meet them, and it's actually happened? Has other doors open for you in that sense? Absolutely. And, and definitely in the past year alone, um, here on Long Island, in the fall time, we had the Hamptons Film Festival where movie stars from Los Angeles, California come with their projects. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Stevie Nicks, who here in the States and I'm sure over in the UK as well is extremely popular with her music. I mean, she's been around for years and years and years. She's an icon to most people. So that was very exciting. And to be able to interview her, um, Alec Baldwin is another big star that I was able to meet this past year. And and he looks so much different than when he is on screen. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also had the pleasure of meeting, and I still keep in contact with... um, I call her a legend because back in the 90s, she did have the fastest-growing talk show, and and she was kind of putting Oprah in competition a little bit with her. But um, Ricky Lake, I had the pleasure of meeting last year. Oh, she's she's an absolutely lovely person inside and out. We still keep in contact on Twitter and Facebook. (laughs) Please, if you 
if I could get her on my show, that would be fantastic. I've watched her for years and years. Mm-hmm. Oh, good grief, yes. I can yeah. see the audience moving as she came on the stage now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she, she still has a new show out. And, and um, if you go on my Facebook, actually, there is a picture of her and I together when I did meet her. And she's just an absolutely lovely person inside and out. And, and we still keep in contact through Facebook and Twitter because she's out in L.A. now doing her show and, here I am in New York, but she used to be in New York with her original show. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's lovely. I, I just, do you know, this is the thing. I, I always say to everybody, with the show, you never know what's going to be messaged to you next about people bring things to my attention every week. And I just think, I think it's that not knowing what you're going to be ne- doing next, Jason, don't you think? It's, mm-hmm. it's that you don't know who you're going to meet. And it's like you sometimes really don't, you can I meet mean, all walks of life, to- isn't it? It is. It, it really is. And that's what's exciting about doing this. And I, it's not that it keeps me going. I mean, what really keeps me going is the people that do come on the show that do have a story to share that can benefit a lot of people. And, and that's kind because of, that's what we strive for. But in the same sense, it's exciting that you don't know what you're going to get next week and you don't know what voicemail you'll have the next day or what Facebook message. Somebody saw your show. They want to do your show. And it could lead to so many different things. And for me, this past year has just been like a whirlwind because so many other things have happened in addition to doing this show because of the show. So it's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. So how many interviews have you actually, how many people have actually interviewed you? I would say you are probably now the eighth person. Oh, it's that's good. Yeah. yeah it doesn't seem like a lot, but just being in the public eye for a year, I, I would say that's a pretty decent amount. It's brilliant. Excellent. Well, do you know what? I was really chuffed because I went on to um, an American one, and that was via Skype. Now, do you know what? I absolutely hate looking at myself on videos. I hate my own voice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's usual critic, isn't it? You always look and think, I shouldn't have worn that, or I, I don't look good in that mm-hmm. one. Do you know what I mean? That's one of the reasons <laughs> I don't like to watch my show, because I do the same thing. I mean, I don't like the way my voice sounds when it's being played back. I don't, you know, you find so many things wrong, and, and that's why I don't like to watch the show, but... I forced myself to do it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, do you? I, I was watching because obviously you just sometimes when you, you're listening to the people and obviously you're you. How can I pick? I, like I said to you early on in the show, when I looked at you, you could see that it was a, what this person was saying was getting to you. Do you find it hard to? Do you find it that you have to literally try and switch off from it a bit? to be able to carry on with it and to be able to get a perspective that people want to hear? Um, A lot of the times I really connect with my guests. I mean, there were a few times where you don't have a connection with your guests depending on what it is, and that does happen, and and you just kind of get through it. But um, most of the time, especially with the real inspirational stories, I do get locked in with them, and I forget that there's a camera, and I forget that there's a camera pointed at me, and... You know, I'm just focused on them, and I'm so engrossed with the conversation. So I think if you are in sync with your guests, it goes by very quickly and very smoothly. And that's a lot of my guests that come on the show. I do connect with them, and we're very fortunate that we have the time to spend extra time with them before the show, before we tape, and after taping. So we really get to know each other even before we go on camera, so that really helps. Yes, definitely, definitely. Oh, I'm just absolute chuffed. I must admit, Janet just got in touch with me, and she said, oh, he's really, really nice, and it's just so nice to have somebody that, it's, how can I put it, is on the same 
lines as me. You know, we've both been there for mm-hmm. you, worked hard to get where we are, but, but it's nice to hear somebody that can understand how hard it is sometimes. Do you know what I mean? When you really want something so much and, and you've worked so hard and, and you're actually seeing the results, it's, it's just warming, isn't it? It's, it's very, it can be frustrating at times, it can be overwhelming at times, but at the end of the day, when you know that you're getting ahead and you're working hard to get to the next step and you start to see that step happening, it makes it all worthwhile. Exactly. Now, is there any topics that you would actually stay clear from? Um, I would have to probably say I would stay away from any type of religious topics and, and belief topics just because going back to the conversation earlier, I find it very irrelevant. And, and it's like you said, too, you believe in what you want to believe in. It doesn't affect, you know, how we coincide with each other. It's something that really doesn't need to come up in conversation, you know, unless you share the same beliefs and that's different. But I certainly want, would not want to get into a heated debate about my religion is better than your religion kind of thing. So that's something that I, we try to stay clear of as well and, and just stick to topics that people can relate to and, and you know, walk away with something. Exactly, exactly. Now, I must just um, admit to the fact that I've just opened my chat and wanted to just see if anybody was chatting in in, in the lines, and I've, I've got another question for you to go with that, and my head's just gone totally blank. Um, <laughs> but with, with, you're absolutely right as far as the religion. I mean, I've actually, we do um, government shows. How do you feel about the government shows and things like that? Are you quite into the, all the political, or do you stay clear? It's not that I stay clear, but I don't follow it enough to completely understand it. Um, and it's not something that I've discussed on my show. And there actually was a show that I was working on that's also on the local programming channel that deals with a lot of politicians. But we only dealt with the politicians if they had something to do with an event that we were covering. But other than that, again, I, I stand clear of that because I don't follow it enough to completely understand it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's no use in getting in a heated debate about it when I really wouldn't have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I must admit, I have not wasn't into the political so much until about six months ago, and somebody told me to watch some tapes and some videos and and films on YouTube and all sorts, and that's when it's like, hold on a minute, I do need to actually listen to this. Do you know what I mean? I need to take some of this in. Yeah. And especially because I'm dealing with people that are in America, and, and your laws and your things are totally different. It's like them saying that the police were shooting dogs and stuff, and I was like, Hey, hold on. I, I thought the police were supposed to be looking after us here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I thought, you know, all the minute, so what should, how are your laws are? And and I had to look at things in, you know, in America to actually start to understand. And also, you know, obviously you guys call stuff different than what we call. It's so funny because I always say to people, so do you fancy having a natter? The amount of inboxes I have back, natter. <laughs> what is a natter? For all you U.S. people, a natter is is a chat, um, a conversation, a bit of a catch-up, you know what I mean? But so many people ask, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, um, you know, we have, like, over here we have animal rescues. Over there you guys have animal shelters. Yes. Uh, it's trying to keep up. In, and senators, hold on, we have solicitors. <laughs> do you know what I mean? so, so it's still like, and people say, do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, what do you mean by that, you know? So it's quite... <laughs> 
quite funny, do you know what I mean? And then some, obviously, the accents as well sometimes are different and are just brilliant, really good. So do you have a lot of people from um, different countries on the show or are you just concentrating on the U.S.? We get a lot of people that are from different states and it's mostly the neighboring states of, of New York here. Um, one of our guests was a comedian that came from New Jersey because um, being that we are on YouTube, and just by word of mouth, there are people in other states that are able to view the show just by word of mouth, and then we have a music artist that actually came on our show all the way from upstate New York, and they're actually going to be coming back in May. So we get a lot of people mainly from the island, of course, because that's where we are stationed, but also the neighboring states. We get people as well from time to time. So that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> Yeah, see, it, it's it's difficult, you know, when when you're doing it, like, I'm in the UK and they're in America, and it's like the time differences and all sorts, because mm -hmm. at the moment it's quarter past 11 at night here, and, and trying to keep up with things, but do you find that it's difficult to keep up with subjects sometimes, you know, that you've got to look into things more, sometimes you'll expect it to be one way, but it actually goes a different way, do you know what I mean, different topics accordingly? Yeah. It, it kind of forces you to watch the news, and as, as boring as the news can be sometimes to people, um, especially the local news here, we pay more attention to because, again, you know, being that we are on the island, we get a lot of people that are from the island here on the show, so we pay attention to what's in the news, and, and you just get a couple of minutes of coverage on that particular story where we can give them the whole half hour and get the whole story, so that's really what we try to do. Exactly. Exactly. So do you literally get people bringing stories to your attention, or is there certain things that you've got set in place that you want to cover? It's, um, I would say it's 50-50. Um, we, we utilize Twitter. We utilize Facebook, our website. Um, we put up what we call carts in between our segments where we throw up a topic. If somebody's interested in being on the show, they would call our office number with their story. So sometimes we get guests responding to our casting calls, and sometimes we actually have a topic in our head and we know offhand who we could get for that, and we contact them. And it usually works out. Right, excellent, excellent. So let's just go back a bit then, because obviously when John came on, we were talking about um, when you were younger. How did you... Now, I did read... You did message me, and you did say something about you were used to practice being... Um, you know, you used to interview families and, and everything. How does your family feel about you doing all the shows and everything? Well, um, they are very supportive, actually. Um, and, and the reason I say it like that is because nobody in my family had ever dreamt, I guess, of, of doing this line of work, and certainly nobody had an interest in doing this. You know, my grandparents were very simple farm people. My mother worked in an office. My aunt was a nurse. My other aunt worked for an accountant. You know, nobody was ever in show business. Nobody had the desire. And then here I come along, and, and they referred to me as, like, the, the mailman's baby because where did you come from? You know, you come from people <laughs> that have basic types of careers and, or work in healthcare, and here you want to do a TV show. So it was kind of strange for them growing up with me having that dream, but now actually having it and living it, it's different, and, and they are very supportive. And, and sometimes they do come see my shows, and I watch their faces as they're sitting in the audience, and I think I'm amazing them, and that's a good feeling, too, that I can see that they're proud, you know, and that yeah. makes me feel good that, you know, even though I, I don't have in me what they do, and I certainly don't want to do what they do, 
um, you know, I am making them proud doing what I do. So it, it's yeah. a good feeling. Uh, and do they actually get in touch with you and say to you, Jason, I've seen this. Would you do a story on this? Do you know, are they are they sometimes trying to get you to do stories that they're interested in? <laughs> yes. For instance, my mother's like, oh, you should interview your cousin who made the baseball team. I'm like, as lovely as that sounds, that's not what our <laughs> show is about. <laughs> that's not oh, exactly what we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, you know, but again, it's, it, they don't fully understand what I do. I mean, they think it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think they completely understand, you know, the whole mm-hmm. talk show and, and what's behind it. Exactly. I just find it fascinating. It's, so, it's like, so it's exactly the same to me with my family. You know, I mean, a lot of my family I don't speak to, and that's another show. Um, but with me, I've got my brother saying, what are you spending all your time doing that radio for? You know, I mean, you've got better things to do, and you can be doing this. I'm thinking, no, because I, I, I know that I've got a job to do. I was put here for mm-hmm. a reason. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? And it, it just fascinates me to hear somebody saying the words that I've said. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Somebody actually understands where I'm coming from, and it's like I, I've actually said one of my things at the moment that I've said, Jason, is at the moment I feel like I'm sitting in a desert, right? My, this is about my radio show. I feel like I'm sitting in the desert, and I'm really thirsty. I've got a pint glass of water, and I can touch it, but I can't quite grab it. <laughs> and I'm just, I just wear my heart on my sleeve, you know. And and you do, you do put your heart into a show. It's not, mm-hmm. it's really people don't really don't get the fact that it's like it's not just about putting a show together it's you literally do get in it and it's yeah. the only I mean, way you, to explain you eat sleep eat you know for me i live breathe and live breathe and, and live talk show you know i mean that's that's what i've always yep. had a passion to do and, and again it's just been interesting the people that come on and that's what keeps me going is that we have helped a lot of our viewers we we have gotten very lovely emails from viewers that we did a specific show one time on women's depression. Well, a woman wrote in and said, I suppose the show, and it helped me because I was getting those symptoms, and I didn't know what to do or where to go and, and what was wrong with me. And we were able to give her um, almost a diagnosis, not that we're doctors, but she at least had an idea of, of where to go with the symptoms she was having, and it was possibly depression. Yeah. Um, I was just about to say this to you. Um, you know, have you had people that you've, like, saved or been able to help in a very big way that they've come back and said actually I'm now cured of this or I, I'm actually sorted you know, you know how did the, the boys or the, the young men that were actually was coming out and saying yes I'm gay and how do I deal with it you know have you actually heard back from them and how are they actually doing? I have and they are doing very well um, the majority of them suffered mostly when they were younger and in high school as, as most of the time you do especially, you know, growing up in the 90s, things were different back then. But, um, you know, now they're they're adults, they're in their mid-20s, and they're living their lives. And, and that's great to see that they have overcome this bullying and this negativity, as I have too. So everybody's doing very well, and I do keep in touch with a lot of the guests, actually, which is nice. Sometimes they write in, and or we're all on Facebook, and and we communicate back and forth. So it's nice to still keep in touch with people. And from time to time, we do have some people back. For instance, the woman that I was just talking about that had the depression, she did our show last year, and then she came back this past November, and within that six-month period, she was getting treatment for this depression, and she came back a completely different person. You know, she was much happier this time. 
giving her update on the programs that she was in, the prescription drugs that worked for her, offering advice to the viewers. She was just a different person. In fact, she brought me a beautiful orchid, <laughs> so I got a little gift out of it. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. And, and like, the thing is, in the UK, because obviously we've been saying to people about that the police don't have guns, and obviously we've got drug issues and all sorts. What's the main issues that you get brought to you, Jason, in, in the U.S.? Um, the main issues, I would have to say right now, um, for me personally, I think the biggest issue at hand is, is gun control and school shootings. We had, gosh, this is another show that we did a few months back. Right before Christmas, there was a horrific shooting at an elementary school up in Connecticut that claimed the That's lives right, of yeah. so many young little children, you know, ages five, six, seven, which was just devastating. I mean, there's absolutely no way you can put that into words or explain or, I mean, I can't even put it into words, but there's no way to justify that whatsoever. And that's something that also deeply touched us, especially myself. We had, um, we did do a show shortly after that where we had representatives from the schools in our area come on and talk about how are you keeping your school safe and how are you keeping these children safe after what has happened. So it, it was just such a devastating moment and we did remember these victims on the sh on our show as well when we did this segment but i would have to say that right now our biggest issue is the gun control because it's very often that we're hearing about school shootings and and students opening fire on their teachers and each other and it's just absolutely ridiculous and, and totally uncalled for exactly what what's your actual thoughts on jason on the guns do you do you think that the, sh the law should be tightened up I think the laws are pretty tight. Could they be tighter? Absolutely. But I think, again, it's something that goes back to the home. And, and as Howard was saying earlier, um, people, everything starts in the home. And I think um, parents need to really sit down and discuss with their children, probably at a young age but not too young, um, the importance of right and wrong and and guns are wrong and knives are wrong and violence is wrong. But I think for people that are police officers that do have to keep a gun in their home, it should be locked away at all times and out of out of the um, way of a child especially. Because I think that's part of the reason these kids are going into the schools with their guns is they do have access to them, easy access, and they shouldn't. Yeah. And, and the thing is, what about computer games? Because, I mean, I've got a a son who loves his computer games. I must just say he's an animal advocate and, and very much looks at some of these videos and says, oh, mum, we've got to do something. Um, do you know what I mean? Like as if I've got a magic wand and I can make it better, I do try. Um, right. But do you, do you think these computer games are actually making, you know, we, we've got a lot of people that say, oh, it's because they're shooting on computer games and whatever. Do you think it actually affects them, Jason? Absolutely. And, I, again, me growing up in the 90s, we had so many different types of games that were nothing like what kids have today. We didn't have, you know, games that were so graphic that when you shoot somebody, blood splatters everywhere in this game. We didn't have things like that when I was growing up. We had Nintendo and we had duck hunts. You know, you had the little plastic orange gun and you shot it towards the screen and, and you were hunting ducks, you know. It's so <laughs> different today. And these games are so graphic. That, yeah, I absolutely think that some of these computer games and some of these video games contribute to today's youth and their actions. Yeah. 
I mean, the thing is, I, I'm a little, just a touch bit older than you. Um, but, you know, you saying that, I mean, I'm thinking back to computer games. You know, it used to be the days of Pac-Man, Ghost Attack, you mm-hmm. know, Centipede, Tetris was probably just coming out and stuff. You know, we were fascinated by things like that. You show that to kids today and they'd look as if you've gone mental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Agreed. know. I, and, and is there actually a need for it? I mean, my, my son actually got a, vid, uh, a game off his dad. And do you know what? My young daughter came downstairs. She went, Mum, I think you need to take that game off Jamie straight away. Now, I'm not interested in these computer games. It doesn't fascinate me. If he got Tetris or Centipede out again, then I might be wanting a game. Do you know what I mean? But I like well, puzzle absolutely. games. Well, me at the chain for hours. <laughs> yeah, a good old puzzle game. You can't beat it. Do you know what I mean? Now, the funny part is that my daughter came down and she went, Mum, I think you need to go and look at that computer game. It's terrific. I said, what's the matter with it? She went, just go and have a look. And I looked and I said, Jamie, that's terrible. Then he went, no, I must admit, I don't like it. They were actually shooting people, shooting dogs, um, animals and all sorts in this game. And I'm thinking, what exactly are we programming in our child's head? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's sending the wrong (laughs) message out there. I agree. You know, now the other thing is, what gets me is the fact that they, obviously, they've got um, certain age limits for smoking and all sorts because it's going to affect them, you know, it's unhealthy for them and everything. So why have we not got a more more stipulations on ages of these games? I know we've got them on them, but they're still buying them. Do you know what That's I mean? true. And so where does the law fix with that? Surely we should be, you know, putting something out there saying, hold a minute, are them games actually necessary? That's true. I agree. But you know what I mean? I, Absolutely. I just think, you know, there is so much of these kids now. And I don't know in America, maybe you can tell me. Like in the in the UK, I was talking to a few parents on the um, on the playground. And I was talking to them about children and saying, I feel like us as parents have lost the respect We've, we've actually had our respect taken from the government because they've actually, our kids now will turn to us and they'll say, oh, well, if you don't let us do such and such, we'll ring Childline. Do you know what I mean? And, yes. and they've actually, you feel like you're over, over a barrel from your child even though you're a parent. Do you know what I mean? Is that it's the same in the U.S.? Not so, not that it's not there, but I don't think it's as much. Honestly, it it just seems like the 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 kids nowadays have got so much more that they're wanting more. Do you know what I mean? They do, and I definitely think that children today, especially in the U.S., are way more spoiled than we were. You know, again, I hate to show my age here, but we didn't have the iPhone growing up. We didn't have an iPad. I mean. We had outside to play with. You know, we went out there, we rode our bike, we went on the swings. And and today, all these kids that are five, six years old, they're playing with an iPad or they're playing with an iPhone or or some sort of high-tech 3D video game type thing. You know, things I have no clue about and have no idea how to even operate. But it's, again, we had outside to play with. I mean, I don't think kids are growing up today the way that, you know, we did in the 90s, 80s, 70s, and, and further on. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, even my children, we try and get them outside to play, and, and I've ha- tried to help them make dens and all sorts. I mean, when when we were kids, the summer holidays were fantastic. We'd go out in the morning, we'd come back much later on, but when we were hungry. But the thing is, for parents now, we can't even let them outside half the time unless we're with them because we're worried on what might happen to them. 
Yeah, that, that's true. That's something else that, you know, we kind of have the same problem here. There's always child kidnappings or, or you know, children being molested or sexually abused. It's yeah. the same problem. Exactly. And and obviously, um, I've spoken about this on the show as well, also about pedophiles and stuff, you know. <clears throat> we I, I have this conversation all the time saying, no, we, we let pedophiles back out and we say, oh, it's okay, they're on the list. You know, it's really not good enough. We can't even let our children go out and play anymore, can we? You know, to go down the road to their mates or whatever, or, you know, admittedly, a lot of the times they've got their phones on them now because that's technology for you. Mm-hmm. But, it's yeah. still, but it's still not enough, is it? You know, do no. you think that we should be doing more as people power to be able to make a difference in our world? I believe so, yeah, and I think we have the capabilities to do so. Definitely. Definitely. I just think that nobody connects anymore. You know, it used to be where people would borrow other people's sugar and stuff when they'd run out, but now it seems that we don't seem to be connecting. You know, we don't, well, a lot of people don't even know their neighbors half the time. You know, they're working and, and other things. More people are keeping themselves to themselves. It's true. And now, especially with technology, you know, there's texting and Facebook. I mean, you very rarely talk on the phone anymore, honestly. Yeah. It's quite right, that, actually. I'm, I'm thinking about my own um, mobile phone at the moment. It's, it's just on mainly text because, like you say, you know, we've got the old Skype, we've got everything else. It's not very often that it's, it's on the phone anymore. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's quite funny because I actually saw a picture on Facebook only a few weeks ago, and it said about, as a new game come out now, you all, when you go out for dinner, you all put your mobile phones on the table, and the first person to look at their mobile phone when, by getting it off the table has to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I would be in the poorhouse because I'm always on my phone. I will admit that. <laughs> Well, I will I'm go either through on, withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, I'm either on Facebook or I'm on my phone or Skype or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you get especially if you have your phone set up with the alerts. You know, you see it blink and there's an alert. You're right away checking, see who, what, where it is. <laughs> exactly. I am guilty of that. Yeah, do you think, though, and, and I, I want to know if you're like me on that, I in fact actually say, right, I'm going to have a day off Facebook today, but then I keep checking now and again because I think just in case something's important. I do the same thing, and, and again, especially if you have it linked with your phone, you know, it, it's there. You know, that's yeah. the problem, too. It, it's right at your fingertips, so that's another reason, you know, you constantly look at your phone and you're constantly checking your Facebook because it is at your fingertips. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So what other things would you like to be doing in the next few weeks? And have you got um, things that you would like to be putting into place for the show? Have you got other things that are going to connect with it? Um, We do have other show topics planned for April. Um, It is Autism Awareness Month, so we are putting together a segment um, for children with autism. We have several mothers that are going to be coming on the show that do have young children that are diagnosed with autism or a form of autism. And one mother in particular comes to mind because she just sent her story today. The diagnosis that she got from the child's doctor isn't enough for her. So she's out there as an advocate trying to get better answers and trying to, you know, work with, you know, government to or or health issues or, or health people to um, try to come up with a cure for it. And, and she's definitely working overtime and doing that. So that's going to be a big show that we have for April to promote autism and promote awareness of autism. Um, And going back, actually, 
to what we were talking about with children that, you know, it's hard to let them out by themselves without being kidnapped or, or you know, something worse. We are putting together a child safety shell, and, and we have one of our staff members who's going to be acting as a stranger. Um, we have a uh, playground that we're renting for an afternoon and hidden cameras set up where the parents that want to participate are going to have their children playing with each other in the playground. And one of our staff members who's going to be the stranger is going to try to lure them to come with him, and we're going to see just how well parents are talking to their kids about strangers. Are these kids going to walk away with the stranger, or are they going to stay there and try to make a scene and, and you know, try to find help? That's what we're going to find out. That'll be fascinating to watch. And, and you know, I, I always think about this because, you know, I always say to the kids, you know, it, it's so difficult. You want you don't want them to – it's trying to hit that happy medium, isn't it? You don't want your kids to be scared of everybody because you want them to be able to talk to people. But on the other right. hand, you need them to be a little bit scared because you need them to realize that there is some horrible people out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's difficult for parents because it's exactly what you said. You don't want them – to run and hide every time they see a person, but you don't want them to eagerly go with somebody they don't know either. So I think parents have their work cut out for them, especially this day and age where there is so much child abuse and, and child, um, you know, pedophiles and kidnappings. It's exactly. much harder today, and, and parents really do have their work cut out for them with young children. Yeah. Well, see, I, I've got to say a story back with Emma, my daughter. She um, is one of these. She, if you came to my house, she would um, ask you a thousand million questions. She would cuddle you to death. She's very loving. And, and she, you know, she speaks to people of my friends on Facebook, even with Howard and Sean and them, even people that are from the U.S. she speaks to and she shares pictures of her dogs. But I can remember one day we went to a show, right? And all of a sudden, I couldn't find Emma anywhere. And I was absolutely, my mind had gone. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking, oh, my gosh, where is she? And I was shouting, I was shouting, I was shouting. I couldn't find her, and I was looking all over. <coughs> and I could see, like, in the circle where all these the crowd was watching what was going on in the, the center ring, if you like. And I was went up, and I said, perhaps she's here somewhere. And I was looking everywhere. And I just saw it. And there was these two guys lying down, you know, on the floor, watching the ring. And there's Emma lying in between them. And she's chattering away to him, you know, oh, yeah, my mum's just up there and everything. And I went, Emma, what do you think you're doing? What are you doing here? Where, what, where have you been? What you just... And I looked at these poor guys, right, and they just thought, oh, my goodness. And, you know, here comes the witch from hell, do you know what I mean? And, and, and I went, I'm, I'm very sorry. And I was like, I'm going to right go at Emma, like. And they said, hey, 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 whoa. He said, do you know what? He said, that your daughter is a credit to you. And I said, a credit? I said, she nearly killed me. And I went, he went, I know. He said, she's probably done wrong because she's gone off. I said, right there. And he said, but the thing is, he said, we could have sent her away. He said, but we're good people, and we thought we're better off being here than wandering around. And I said, I really appreciate that. I said, but she doesn't know you. And he went, yes, but she's beautiful. He said, she's been so good. She told me where you were and everything. And I said, yes, but it's just a shame she didn't remember where I was to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And and this is the thing. So does that mean that I've got to make my daughter into something that she's not? Or do I let my daughter be beautiful and talking to people and so open with people? Yeah, it's very difficult, you know, because, again, you don't want them to be so skittish of people, but... You don't want them to be so friendly with them either because you just don't know who's standing in front of them. Exactly. 
exactly. And this is the thing. You know, it's so difficult. I mean, I, I like to think that we can give our kids a little bit of um, leeway, but then it's like roping them back in as quick as we let them go. Right. So oh. it, it's difficult, really difficult. But, you know, what what is the crime rate ra- like around you? It, you know, is, is around you worrying? Um, it's, it's, it really depends on what it is. You know, there, there is so many different crimes here in the States between drugs and, and, you know, murder and, and violent crimes like that. So it really depends. Um, mainly what we have is, um, issues with drugs and, and prescription drugs. Um, for instance, we do have a woman that's going to be doing a show with us. Her nephew had overdosed on prescription meds. And so she's going to be coming on and sharing that story because she also put together a program for awareness on prescription drugs, which she's going to be promoting as well. But that's really like the biggest crime that I think that we have here is just with drugs. And, and of course, you have your petty crimes as well, you know, bank robberies, things like that. But most of the time, it's a drug bust or, or it's a killing, you know, something a little bit more violent. But, again, it really depends. Excellent. See, I, I must admit, like, I'm in the middle of the country, so, you know, people say, oh, you, you're lucky because you're in the country, and we are, to be honest. Yeah. We're literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so so where, where you live, what what is it like around where you live? It's very, um, even though we're kind of, we're about an hour from the city, which, of course, you know, the city is very big, very loud, very overwhelming, but where we are is kind of city-like. You know, we have a lot of building establishments. We're right off of a main road. There's a lot of main roads surrounding us, major highways. So there's always cars on the road, and there's always industrial buildings and businesses. It's very busy, but it's nothing like city life. You know, city life is much more overwhelming, more busy, more loud. This is next in line from the city. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I want to now go to, because obviously we're coming near to the end of the show, um, could you tell people where they can actually find you on Facebook and everywhere? Sure. They could find me, um, Jason Galka, G-A-L-K-A. My website for the talk show is www.jasongalka.wix.com backslash JG. And from there they can also pick up the YouTube link from the homepage and see all of our past shows, rewatch a favorite, or catch up on what they've missed. And again, I am on Facebook and Twitter at Jason Galka. Do they know the places where we go 
Hi, and welcome back to the Ask Sue Show. I do apologize about that slight technical hitch. Sod's law and all that. Welcome back, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> good, good old technology. You can't beat it, can you? <laughs> oh, yes. I have the pleasure of knowing that. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's unbelievable. Now, I just want to, uh, to thank Jason personally as well and John because they have both signed my petition to try and get me onto Blog Talk Radio. So thank you, Jason, for that. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'm trying welcome. my hardest to get the voice for the voiceless out there, and uh, I really appreciate that. Any, very quickly, any tips for Ask Sue who's trying to get further onto the TV and trying to get a voice bigger for herself? Uh, for you personally, any tips? Yes. Um, hard work as you're doing, dedication, don't give up, and, and live your dream no matter what it takes. You know, No matter what it costs, you have to just throw everything into it, and then that's what I've done, and that's what I'm continuing to do. So that's the best advice you can do is just live your dream any way possible. Absolutely. I think that would go for, for everybody as well. I think that's mm-hmm. what everybody needs to do. You never know what's... Uh, tomorrow, do you? To be fair, and, and I am—I really must admit, I, I'm putting it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you have to do. I mean, you know, me growing up in a small town on, on Long Island, which was farm country, um, you know, again, it, it was something that I never thought I would be doing, and, and nothing that my family ever thought I would be doing. So it's really—you really have to give it your all. And, and that's advice to you and to everybody: is just don't give up. You know, if you have something you want to do, then you must do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let me just say a big thank you to everybody that's um, in the chat room tonight. Um, they've been absolutely fantastic. We've been sharing your links as well, Jason. So um, please just tell everybody again your Facebook and emails and et cetera. Sure. The email for the show is the Jason Show, T-H-E-J-E-S-O-N-S-H-O-W at yahoo.com. Uh, my Facebook is my first and last name, Jason Galka, spelled G-A-L-K-A. And, of course, my website is www.jasongalka.wix.com backslash JG. And you can also pick up my YouTube channel from there as well. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Jason, thank you so much for coming thank on to the show. Thank you. Oh, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been absolutely fantastic. And maybe me and you will have to do a show together one of these nights as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd love to. Definitely. Well, I'd just like to say thank you to Janet Russell as well for putting us two together as well. It's been absolutely fantastic. So, yes, she's again, a good friend of mine. She's lovely. We've had her on the show a couple of times. She's absolutely a, a very special lady, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So, um, listen, congratulations to you and John again. Uh, thank I hope you. that the weather is fine. I'm sure I will speak to you plenty of times before then. But uh, it's been lovely talking to you, and thank you very much for joining the show. Thank you very much for having me. I had a good time. Okay, thanks very much, Jason. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, what an absolute star he was. Bless his cotton sobs. You know, it's not very often I can actually relate to somebody so much, and, and he's absolutely right. I am putting my all into the show, and we are trying to get it out there. But we do need people to be sharing the show. It, we need to get it out there. There are still people emailing me that have come across the show just by chance. So I was absolutely devastated these last couple of days because yesterday, well, actually early as hours of this morning, I was sharing a dog that got beautiful, beautiful pink ears. They'd actually put it on her to try and help her to get her rehomed, to get adopted or fostered. 
This morning I got up to all these RIPs on the, the link. I looked and this dog has actually been put down. But not just one. If you go onto the Ask Sue Radio Show Network page that we put together and we shared all different stories, on there there must be, I think, five or six dogs that are beautiful, gorgeous, and no reason to be put down. They were, they were in families, you know, they were used to families, they were used to children and all different things. And look at all of those pictures. For all those people that just looked at that picture and didn't share it, all I can say is shame on you. It would have just took one second just to click that share button. It isn't hard. Every single day we are seeing these dogs all the time. And all I want to say to everybody is, I don't want to be cross-posting for the rest of my life. And I don't want to have to teach my kids to be cross-posting in their lifetime. I have had enough of sharing these dogs. And that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I mean in the sense of when are we actually all going to work together and put the egos aside and work as a team the Ask Sue Radio Show is the voice of the, for the voiceless. The dogs, the cats, the babies, the, all of the animals, the, the humans, you know, the women that are being abused, the women that are being raped, the men that are being beaten, you know, all of these different suffering that I see every single day on Facebook is why I do this every single day. I've got my children to think about. Do I really want to bring my children up in a world of so much hatred? Why can we not be sharing love around the world this, this night and every single night? Why can we not be putting changes in place to make a difference in our world? It doesn't matter of religion. It doesn't matter about where you live. It should all be the same. Sharing love, supporting each other, and making changes and standing up to our governments to tell them we have had enough. We are the people that vote these people in and we have had enough. We need to start making these law changes. We need to be able to, just for an instance, start spaying and neutering. It should be automatic. There should be no choices. We've got too many dogs in this world as it is, and we need to put a stop. We've got too many cats. These beautiful cats and dogs are being killed daily. And, you know, those people say to me, how do these people put them down? I want to ask the question, how do these people ignore it? How do these people breed them and do nothing about it? How do these people not spay and neuter? How do these people not go to a shelter and adopt a dog rather than just getting another puppy? How do these people go and dump their pups, their dogs, even dogs that were 20 year old have been dumped at shelter? How do they do that? We cannot blame the people that are putting their needle into that poor dog's leg. We cannot blame these people are putting these dogs into gas, gas um, chambers. Yes, it's wrong. We know it's wrong. But the situation that they got, them, them dogs got, were or to blame by all of us because we did not make a stand for society and stop this from happening. Anybody who wants to come on the show who's got an opinion about any of this, anybody who's got a page that wants to have a voice for their page, anybody who wants to be a voice for a dog, a cat, a human, whoever it is, to make a better world, you are welcome to email me anytime, asksueshow at gmail.com. This show is a voice for the voiceless, and I, for one, am willing to stand up and shout loud if we can all get together. I don't want to hear any more of people say to me that they've not heard about the show, and then I look at their friends 
and they've got 30 mutual friends. Why did them 30 mutual friends not already share the Ask Sue show so they knew about it? So many people out there that have got stories that they want to share. And like we've just been saying, speaking to Jason, so many different stories, autism, people being raped, people being abused, but dogs being abused. You know, we look at Patrick, Herbie, and all of those. You know, we need to be standing up for these. Please do not leave it until the day that we put our IP behind their name. It's then too late. It's up to all of us if we want to stay connected with each other to make a difference. What I need to tell you is that people power is amazing. Look what us animal advocates can achieve. But imagine if we put the egos down and we all helped each other. That's why on the Ask Sue Show, anybody's able to ring in, anybody is able to share their links on my page, and anybody who wants help is welcome to email me at Show at gmail.com. Also, if anybody would like to sponsor a show, anybody would like to donate to the show, because at the moment I am paying for this all by myself. If anybody would like to donate to be able to support these dogs, cats, people, and all these different topics that I'm covering, you can by all means go to PayPal, and the email address at my PayPal is asksueuk at gmail.com. That's asksueuk at gmail.com. I want to thank Jason and John both for coming on the show tonight. Thank you very much to Howard Einstein for calling into the show as well. And uh, I thank all of you for the ones that have shared the show, the dogs on the pages, the Ask Sue group. Please just add your friends. Share all of these posts, as many as you can. Go to shelters, take photos of your dogs and share them too to give them a chance. But I thank all of you for sharing the show tonight and joining us and joining in with such love and affection for all of the things that we believe in. And I thank you all very, very much for that. Please sign the um, Ask Super Pit Start Again petition for the big br- to try and get into the Big Brother house, and please share it to your friends too. Thank you very much for joining the Ask Sue Show, and I will be back tomorrow night, and all the links will be on the pages for you. Tomorrow night will be the uh, first year anniversary for the Ask Sue Show, so I would like everybody to join in, and you can call tomorrow night on 347 347- Three two seven nine six nine four, and you can also go to the Ask Sue Show group and the Ask Sue Radio Show Network page. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll say a very good night. Bye bye. <laughs>